And welcome to Detention. Joining us this week for the entertainment edition of the Detention Podcast, we have the Beatles, woohoo, back <laughs> on Abbey Road, uh, the Hollywood Actors Guild, and Snoop Dogg. So, going to be a good week, this one. Starting off with the dad joke coming in, Cody, is there anything worse than when it's raining cats and dogs? Uh... Probably. Well, the answer is yes, and it's when it's hailing taxis. <laughs> yeah, not as good as uh, Wednesdays. Saved a really good one for our hundredth episode, uh, but that one's a good one. That one hurts. Yeah, it's a really good dad joke. <laughs> Love that one. All right, getting into this week's stuff. Um, the Beatles released a new song. Uh, so which weird. is impressive since two of them are dead. Yeah. It's really impressive. Uh, so they released their latest song just a few weeks ago. It's called Now and Then. And I remember telling you about how it works. Um, apparently, this was a song that was kind of already written by John Lennon. And he had some vocals. But the audio and when he was recording it for his own way back when the different instruments that they, he had paired with it, they just didn't have the technology apparently at the time to like separate the two out clearly. Um, they also had in the nineties after John Lennon had died, uh, Ringo, George and Paul came together and tried finishing the song. Um, but weren't able to because the technology wasn't quite right yet for John Lennon's vocals. Um, and then obviously George died in the early 2000s. So then it's just Paul and Ringo. And within the last couple of years, they were able to use AI technology that was oddly enough developed by uh, director of Lord of the Rings, Jackson. Phil Jackson. Huh? Phil Jackson. Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. I was going to Phil Jackson's a coach. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Jackson. There you go. Um, and which I didn't know this. Another whole new dynamic is that fucking Peter Jackson's this fucking not only a billionaire, but like a actual smart dude where he has, he sold his own software development company a while ago for over a billion dollars. But some of his technology that he uses for AI to like separate out John Lennon's vocals and then run it through the AI system. So it's, it's still his voice and it's just separated from any type of isolated sounds paired it with, the recordings that they already had from George of guitar. And then Paul and Ringo worked on finishing it up with additional vocals or drums or different instruments that need to be involved with it. And they released their own official song after not having a song together for 50 years. <laughs> so pretty impressive. Have you heard it? I have heard it. Is it good? It's, a typical Beatles song, so which is a good thing. I mean, if you like the Beatles, this definitely harkens back to um, late Beatles, you know, hippie, long hair, and beards, Abbey Road type Beatles. So, so that's good. Um, I wouldn't say it's song of the year by any means, but it, it's pretty decent. And it's just another John Lennon song, kind of more about peace and love and that kind of stuff. So 
Love is all you need. Love is all you need. I would recommend uh, that you people should listen to it just because, like I mentioned, the whole process of how this got done and how technical it is is pretty impressive. Um, but also it's the Beatles. Pop icons. So everyone should listen to them, even metalheads like you. Mm. Well, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> uh, next news story. The actor strike finally ends. After hundreds of days of it uh, being in place, it is the longest actor strike that has happened in the 90-year history of the uh, SAG, uh, whatever the rest of the abbreviation is for their union. Um, They reached an agreement. uh, Basically, from my understanding, is that um, actors will be paid better, their hours won't be uh, as shitty, and uh, they have more negotiating power with the um, film companies of how money is going to be distributed, basically. Because that was a big factor is like corporations like Disney, who we mentioned before, just want to keep that bottom line as high as possible and not cut into their end, and they'll more willing to strip it from other groups than from their own side in order to keep that bottom line the same, that this is supposed to help prevent that from happening. So they end up getting a little bit of what they wanted. Uh, Not nearly as much from my understanding of what they initially wanted to keep, but it's at least good progress. So congratulations. We'll get uh, more good movies again. I don't know how more good movies there actually are, but I'll let you talk about your review of the movie that you just saw. Yeah. So, let's see here. Because I think that's a good tie-in. Yeah, it's a good tie-in. We'll get back to Snoop in a sec. So, I watched the new Hunger Games movie. Mm-hmm. It's called The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Snakes, yep. And do you like the Hunger Games movies? Um, I do like them. The first Hunger Games was the ever my first ever midnight premiere movie that I went to. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, if you like the Hunger Games, this is kind of right up the alley. I will say it's more of a slow burner than the other three. Um, it's broken up into three parts. Oh, so it's going to be a three-part series. No. Oh. It's just in the movie it says part one, part two, part three. Oh, gotcha. Um, so, it's broken up into three parts just to kind of differentiate. Mm-hmm. Um, it is about the... It's a prequel. The rise, yes, yeah, it's a prequel. Yeah. It's about the rise of President Snow, pretty mm-hmm. much. Uh, by the end of it, you don't see him becoming president, so spoiler there. Um, but I didn't anticipate that yeah. anyway. So how he gets there, and um, there's a lot of tie-ins to the the three that, or I guess the four that we already know of, mm-hmm. without a direct correlation. There's a lot of inferences on how things from the ones we know got into that position. Okay. Um, so backstory of how the games became how they are now. Um, it gives a little viewing into the war. Um, not so much the war, but just like right after, uh, the rebuilding. Um, but the storyline in itself is really good. In my opinion. Um, I thought it was longer than it needed to be. What was the runtime? Two and a half hours. Oh yeah. Yeah. So there were certain parts that could have been shortened or certain parts of the story that could have been... Um, Cut out, you think? Yeah. Because uh, I was actually talking to my fiance about this, and she said, 
well, what would you, what are you talking about? What could have been cut? And I'm not, I wasn't sure, but then I talked to one of my coworkers who watched it and she was pointing a couple things out to me. I'm like, yeah, that could have been done differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you easily could have cut 15 minutes and to people who don't watch a lot of longer movies, that does make a huge difference is it doesn't seem like, Oh, 15 minute runtime. But when you're watching a movie it does make a lot of difference. I mean, you could have cut 15 minutes out of the second doctor strange movie and I would have fucking loved it. <laughs> that movie was bad, <laughs> but yeah, I, we, uh, me and my fiance were thinking about seeing it this weekend. I recommend it. Um, I never actually paid attention to the score too much, but the storyline itself, mm-hmm. I thought was really good. Um, there were parts that were predictable, um, but it's not like, cause there's a, it shows a hunger games mm-hmm. going on. Um, it's the 10th annual. Yes. And the whole point is that they want it to be different than years past. Right. Because in years past, it's just, oh, it's over in half an hour. Not, More or less. It's I'm being hyper, yeah. hyperbolic, but yeah, it's not as entertaining or as long as they would want it to be. It's not right. a spectacle as yes. they want it to be. Um, so it's talking about how to, how to come into that. And really good. Honestly, the way that the story is laid out is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so the length I can justify because the story plays it well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's shot well. Um, it's not super shaky, so it makes it easy to like follow along. Uh, but it's it's very similar to Oppenheimer in terms of how the the roller coaster of like how I guess how am I gonna phrase action goes. Mm-hmm. It's it's slowly building up. You have the big action, and then it falls down, and then it just kind of rides for a while. And so, I mean, there's some thrill, but not action thrill, really, mm-hmm. towards the end. It's very just mellow after the games. Mm-hmm. And so for people who really like action and just want it to end on like a, a high note, not the movie for you. Um, well, it's but, a diff- it's a different storyline, like you were saying. So right. it's not the the hungry movies that came out when we were in high school and college were focused on the Hunger Games right. and the ending of the twelve district, right. thirteen district division. This what? one you're talking about, it's cool. There's a tenth games, right? But we're setting up the character that leads into yes. the other. Even with Mocking Jay Part Two. Which is probably the slowest of the three. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'd say it's the slowest. Part, part one, one is argues, not part one is not terribly slow. Right. With part three, you have the majority of the speed at the beginning. Or sorry, part two of Mockingjay. Yeah. Is quick at the beginning and then it kind of tapers throughout the rest of it. Whereas this one it's first hour build, thirty minute high rest of it is just slow burn. Mm-hmm. But when you like context movies like you and I do, you enjoy it. I don't know how much your fiance will. I mean, she wants to see it. It is good. And we initially thought that it was available on HBO max. So we yeah. were just going to watch it from home and then it wasn't. It so then we were like, Oh, we can go see it in theaters. And then we just didn't. Um, so she would like to, I would recommend it as a hunger games fan. And as a fan of context movies that it can go up and down as long as the story's good, I mm. think the story is really well done. Um, 
But if you're a person who only likes action, probably not going to want to sit through it. If you're a person who doesn't like the roller coaster of that, probably not going to want to see it. But I do think it is a great movie. I Out of a rating, if I had to give it one, probably seven, seven and a half. Out of ten. Uh, yeah, it's not a phenomenal movie by any means, but it is a really good one. Did, I would definitely watch it again. Did you ever read the book? Oh, uh, the Ballad of Songbirds? No. Yeah. I, I, I'm still in the middle of the second book. Of, of the Hunger Games series. Yeah. Okay. I don't like to read. I don't either, but I read all three books. I have them, and I'm working on them. I used to have them. I haven't read it in about a year. I don't know where my copies went. So I put it down, so I haven't finished it. But I'm I'm in the middle. Yeah. I but know. no, I have not read the books of The Ballad of Songbirds and uh, Snakes. I was reading the first one in high school, because I was told I needed to. And then for Christmas, I got the third one, which would give me motivation to read the second one. Yeah. <laughs> so then I could read the third one. So, uh, yeah, I've read all three of the original Hunger Games books. I have not read this one because, like you said, I don't read now. So, yeah, I need to finish the books. Um, there's obviously differences, but mm-hmm. I think they hold true to the books for the most part. Um,. As a reader of all three books and then watching all four of the original Hunger Games movies, I there are parts here or there where I'm like, that's not quite how it should be, or that it's like Harry Potter fans, right? right? They'll they go if you don't follow it word for fucking word, I don't like it. It's like, well, I mean, and we've talked about this before. I'm pretty sure on here, but separately, like you can't. True, you can't. In the, in the world the whole of cinema, point, The whole can't. point of screenwriting is that you're adapting it to, one, kind of a more... Shorten it. Sh- shortened, more digestible uh, medium. Get the, get the points that matter. Yep, and the big storylines that carry the story through. Right. The little details or things here or there don't necessarily matter, though... As fans of certain things, you could be like, oh, well, that's actually a really important thing that needs to be put in that place. You you did that wrong. I can understand some of it. I'm going to go with what the director of The the Last of Us show mm-hmm. said about people who are pissed off about it not being shot for shot. He yeah. said, if you want it shot for shot, go play the video game. Exactly. If you want it word for word, go read the book. Mm-hmm. This is just an adaptation. Exactly. Same premise, most of the same material. They're just going to change it up a little bit. Yeah. But again, good movie. Highly recommend it. I think you'll like it. Um, I guess I'm hoping that they did the casting good because that was one thing that I was, I was fairly happy about with the original Hunger Games movies was I thought the casting was pretty good. Like Hamish. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was actually talking to my fiance about this. Mm-hmm. Out of all the Woody Harrelson movies I've ever seen, yeah, that is probably my favorite character he's ever played. When I read the books, I was totally thinking, this is fucking Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Just drunk all the time. Not that Woody Harrelson is like that, but I knew he had drug problems. And just the way that he kind of acts in some of his movies, I'm like, that's a Woody Harrelson guy. And he was cast as him. I'm like, perfect. Um, same thing, uh, Lenny Kravitz for, yeah. be- for being Cinna. I'm like, perfect. Yep. That fits. I wish he would have been more eccentric in the movies for his character because i guess how he was described in the books is that he was a capital one and whatever um fashion guy or whatever designer designer. uh but he didn't necessarily attribute those to himself so i can understand why they were 
being more reserved in the movies of keeping him not as flamboyant flamboyant but i kind of wish you have had lenny kravitz be a little more flamboyant more, more prince more well i mean lenny kravitz dresses a little flamboyant anyway right so i'm like let him be himself a little bit because he's supposed to be from the capital right don't right. just keep him in a freaking black mute. suit right mute. yeah like that um but yeah president snow i thought was a really good casting oh, donald sutherland's fantastic uh katniss with uh, jennifer lawrence i thought was good um Josh Hutcherson with PETA. Yeah. They had a really good casting. Honestly. I, I thought they did. I thought they really did. All right. Next news story that I want to talk about. Um, Snoop Dogg quits pot, or specifically, he quits smoking. JK, he didn't actually do that. Yeah. He uh, was apparently advertising for a smokeless uh, house fire unit that yeah. can go outside by a fire pit because he hates being in smoke around fires. So he just made a, a tweet saying that he was quitting smoking and a bunch of people, including me, were kind of like, uh, is he either being serious because he's about to die of lung cancer <laughs> or is he just yanking our dicks? And it was a second. Yeah. I When you told me this, I was like, there's no fucking way. Well, it, it, right. I mean, my primal brain in the back of my head was like, well, it can't be fucking right because it's <laughs> fucking Snoop Dogg. It's him and Willie Nelson are the two that are going to be like forever smokers. Oh, Cheech and Chong. Well, Cheech and Chong too, but, and that's more so Chong. <laughs> Cheech, uh, I, I want to say Cheech even kind of reversed on that kind of stuff. I think he's kind of uh, denounced some of the f- comedy that he used to do and that whole lifestyle. But Chong, on the other hand, yeah. fully embraces it because he's a fucking good guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, when that news first came out, my fiance was like, oh my God, a Snoop Dogg is going to quit smoking. And I'm like, I don't know if I buy that. Look into that. And she's like, I can't find anything. I can't find anything. And she's like, what if he's got like cancer? Like he went in and they're like, you got like a lump on your lung. And he's like, oh shit, <laughs> I better quit smoking comes out he just said that he he made a tweet saying that he was high when he said that and it was all for this promotion for this uh specific product so good on him because i'm sure it got a lot of people to pay attention and be like oh well i'll go buy that so good thing that's the best joke of the year goes to snoop Dogg. all right bad movie plot guesses let's do it uh so i wrote these in mind thinking that uh we were going to have recordings last week uh, so I just kept mine from last week. Hopefully there is a theme to it. Hopefully you can get them. Is it Thanksgiving? It may or may not be Thanksgiving, <laughs> but let's see if you can get them. All right. Okay. High school nerd who routinely ignores his family's advice, kills a local business tycoon. That's a pretty good one, isn't it? Yeah. It's a really good one. Here's a hint, and I don't know how much of a hint it is now that we've done over 100 episodes. Um, it's a movie that we have said before. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. This one for sure is. Local business. Yep. So high school nerd who routinely ignores his family's advice kills a local business tycoon. Dude, this could be so many things. Yeah. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Spider-Man. Really? Yep. <laughs> Spider-Man. That is so bad. It's a really good one. Bad I, movie plot, guess. I mean, you're right. All right. Ready for the next one? Yeah. 
big poor kid makes football his only quality and makes it to the pros. Well, that has to be the blind side. It is a blind side. Is this orphans? No. It's Thanksgiving. How is, how is Spider-Man? Just hold on. We'll finish the last one, and then I'll explain this to you. All right. All right, this last one. Ready? Yeah. Brothers from different mothers all reunite to bring vengeance on the killing of their, quote, mother. Four brothers. Four brothers. Exactly. You got two out of three. And this was supposed to be a tough one. This was supposed to be a tough week. The first one sucked. Yeah, the first one really was rough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's all Thanksgiving related. How is it Thanksgiving related? All these movies have a Thanksgiving scene. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I dug deep on this one. That's real bad. When I was thinking of... Since I was, again, thinking we were going to do these last week, I'm like, perfect. It'll be a Black Friday release episode. Thanksgiving would have just happened. I need to think of Thanksgiving movies. But I don't want to do just Thanksgiving movies. Do they even have Thanksgiving movies? Some of them. I mean, like Hallmark movies or like um, there's one that my sister liked that the family gets together at Thanksgiving because the dad's going to or the mom or someone's going to die of fucking cancer. I don't remember what the fuck it's called. Sounds great. It's a rom-com that's super sad. Sounds um, like a, like, not even, that's not even comedy. What's, what's a sad romantic I mean, I don't know. I don't remember what it's called. Rom-sad? Uh, sure, rom-sad. <laughs> um, or like the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought about using that. But I'm like, those are too fucking simple. And I'm like, but I want to incorporate Thanksgiving. So I'm like... Spider-Man has a Thanksgiving scene. Of course, that's the one. <laughs> and like, Spider-Man has a Thanksgiving. You got me on Spider-Man last yeah. time, too. And then I'm like, what other has... The Blind Side has a Thanksgiving scene. And then I'm like, one more, one more. And I'm like, Four Brothers. <laughs> Four Brothers is great. There's a Thanksgiving scene in that one. So I'm like, beautiful. We'll go with that. I like Four Brothers. It's a good movie. I really liked it. It's kind of an underrated movie, in my opinion. It is oh, yeah. the only... Good, um, maybe not only good movie with uh, Andre 3000 in it. There's not many. True, there's not many, but I feel like there's another one that he's in that's actually pretty decent. I just can't remember what it's called. But yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. All right, unpopular opinions. Yeah. Is that with yours? Sure. Let me pull it up. Oh, we didn't do social events. We'll come back to that. Okay. No, let's do social events. Okay. I can't go out of order. It's going to drive me nuts. It's going to drive you nuts. Do you have social events ready? I do. I have them right here. Okay, perfect. Um, I'll do that one last because I think that'll intrigue you the most. So I'm doing these for next weekend, so the 9th. I have three things from Saturday pulled up. We have the Burlington Ice Festival in Burlington, Wisconsin. Ice carvers compete in uh, Wemoff Square Park in the Wisconsin Ice Carving Competition with the sculptors lit at dusk. There will also be a Kris Kringle market, choir music, reindeer, and horse-drawn wagon rides. Hmm. We also have Home for the Holidays in Eagle, Wisconsin. At this event, at Old World, Wisconsin, a complex of Pioneer Homesteads next to Kettle Moraine State Forest west of Milwaukee, you'll meet Father Christmas and possibly Krampus, Hmm. Sip Wassail, Listen to brass carols and take a horse-drawn wagon ride. I don't know what wassail is, but... I'm assuming it's a alcohol. I would imagine. Since it's got ale in it. A-I-L, not A-L-E. I would still think it's ale. You're probably right. 
Last one, this is one I think you're going to like, is Night at the Luminaria. This is in Galena, Illinois. Ooh, Galena. I like Galena. Which is why I saved it. Mm Mm-hmm. More than 5,000 candlelit luminaria line the street of the historic town, and 30 windows become animated. Oh, wow. Damn. Maybe I should go. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) That would be a fun one. Yeah. I mean, it's the weekend before, but... True. If anyone is wondering, there there was a weekend in December that... Me, my fiance, Cody, his fiance, and then a buddy of mine and his partner were thinking about going to Galena for a weekend. It would be the weekend after after this, but you know what? Since we're not doing it, I can me and my fiance can probably just do it. There you go. We just go there just for the night. Trip. Yeah. It's not that far of a drive. No. All right. Got all those? Yes. Okay. Did you want to do fun facts from usual knowledge before? Yes. Okay. It's, it's we gotta go in order. Oh, I guess we do now, yeah. Yeah. It will drive me nuts. (laughs) All right. So I found this one called Behind the Music of Our Time. There's quite a few good ones, so I'll just pretty much read most of them. Okay. Uh, The Beach Boys, the original band name was Carl and the Passions. Good thing they went with the Beach Boys. Yeah, that that one's rough. That's really dumb. Um, The inspiration for Duran Duran's Hungry Like the Wolf came from the Little Red Riding Hood. Could have guessed. Yeah. Blondie singer Deborah Harry worked as a Playboy bunny before becoming a full-fledged pop star. Didn't know that one. I don't think I knew that one either. Elvis scored an unimpressive grade of C in his junior high music class. Not surprising. He stole his music from black people anyway. Yep. Uh, speaking of Elvis, <laughs> him and both him and Buddy Holly, pre-fame, didn't make the cut when they tried out for Arthur Godfrey's Talent Scouts, a 1950s-era talent show. Hmm. Um, one, uh, I guess I'll talk about that one. One of the background singers on the Righteous Brothers song, you've, uh, you've lost that love and feeling was none other than the unknown time share. Oh yeah. She's really been in the business for a fucking long time. Right. Uh, the Dire Straits album Brothers in Arms has the honor of being the first CD to sell a million copies. Cool. I like Um, Dire Straits. You'll appreciate this one. Swedish pop band ABBA reportedly turned down a $1 billion offer to reunite. I did know that one. The 80s Toto hit Rosanna was written for actress Rosanna Arquette, sister of Patricia and David, who was rumored to have had a relationship with keyboardist Steve Porcoro. Uh, and then I'll just do this last one because I don't care about the other one. Uh, singer and pianist Tori Amos was expelled from the prestigious Peabody Conservatory Music School in Baltimore when she was 11 years old. Apparently, she hated to read sheet music, which, to be fair, I also do because sheet music sucks. Yeah, I haven't had to look at sheet music in let me tell you this when like I was, 15 years when I was in school and I was in choir, they gave me sheet music mm-hmm. and I knew that the notes went up or down. I could read how long to hold a note, and I knew what the notes were when I like took the time. Mm-hmm. But we always got music, and we were told, all right, first go around, we're going to sight read it, and you're just going to sing what you think. Never did. I just listened. Every time that I learned a song, it was because I could match pitch. So I would sit next to somebody who was really good at learning music fast, mm-hmm. and I would just copy them. And when they would learn it, I would say, sing in my ear. And that's how I learned it. Every time. <laughs> Never fucking read the music. Yeah. I just read the words, looked at the duration of how long I had to sing it, and I just listened. Would that make you a lazy one? Lazy singer, musician? I'm sure there's a lot of musicians who do that. 
Like, there's plenty of people who I play would never be a first chair because of it. Like, if they well, had that in choir, you know? First chairs have their nose up the director's right. ass anyway. But most of those are people who can read music really well. Yeah. Never my strong suit. I was always a strong person in the choir because I could match pitch really well. So that's where my strong suit was. And I could help carry a tune. But I, if you asked me to, like, read a piece of music and give back to you, nope. Sorry about not doing it. Will not happen. I will fail that. But I never had that problem. It, it's I wouldn't call it lazy. I would just call it a different learning style. And uh, There you go. And I excelled Perfect. at being able to do it. Perfect. You do you, and it works out. And then don't get me wrong. Once I learned it, I could help anybody else. Couldn't fucking tell you what <laughs> note I was going to without like sitting there and be like, all right, I'm going from this note to this note. You tell me to sing a certain note? Nope. You play it? Great. No problem. Sing an A. Cool. I don't know what A is. I, nope. I don't know either, and I can't even sing. So that, makes, <laughs> that makes sense. All right. Unpopular opinions. Yes. Uh, I guess I'll start with mine. I don't know how controversial mine is. Again, thinking of this uh, for it being the day after Thanksgiving, I think green bean casserole is the best side dish for Thanksgiving. I would disagree that it's the best. But I don't have a problem with it. What would you consider better than green bean casserole? Well, it's something that not a lot of people have because um, I'm pretty sure my uncle either found it somewhere or made it his own. Okay. But he makes this corn souffle mm-hmm. that is fucking awesome. Yeah. And I don't know what kind of cheese he puts down on top of it. Whatever it is, it's fantastic. And it's just like light and fluffy. And then you have like a little bit of the crunch of the corn, and then you have this phenomenal cheese. Yeah, it's just so good. Okay, if we're talking about traditional sides, then green bean casserole would have to be my favorite after that. I would say it's probably the best. And I, <clears throat> we were talking about this before recording of like, is this really even that controversial? But you have a feeling that it's probably a lot more people don't like it. Oh my god, the amount of people I've talked to who hate green bean casserole is mind blowing because it's green beans. A lot of people don't like green beans, which it's, also is mind blowing. It's Baked in a dish that has cream of mushroom soup. Which is fantastic. It is. And then it has fried, I mean, to me, the best part is obviously the fried onions that go in it and then on top of it. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, you want to talk about a balance of like having, I shouldn't say healthy, but it's got green beans, so a vegetable with a soup that just kind of makes it a little bit gooey. Creamy. Creamy. There you go. Better term. Creamy, and then having the crunch and the saltiness and kind of onion flavor on top. Yeah, it just works perfect. It's great, and I think it's uh, it's better than mashed potatoes and gravy because that can get a little bland and boring. Better than rolls, obviously. Have um, you ever had it with little like dollops of Velveeta cheese? No, I'm not sacrilegious, so I probably wouldn't do that, dude. So good, dollops like little like spots so like it'll melt. I don't know. Oh, you got to do it. You got to do it once. I don't know if I'll do that. You got to do it once. I, I, some things I would consider myself a purist for. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Green bean casserole, at least for how my dad makes it and for how my sister likes it. I think you would like it. I think you would like it. The only substitute that I would do is, you know, you put salt in with the green beans and the soup mix and everything. Okay. To like season it. Because it's not already salty. 
yeah, to quote season or whatever. Instead, what my dad had discovered, and I think is a, a pretty good substitute, is that instead of putting salt, you just put some either Worcestershire uh-huh. or soy sauce. Yeah, that would add a lot of salt. So it adds a, a different tang, but it also adds salt to it that way too. So that's my opinion. Green bean casserole, best side dish. All right, fair enough. Mine's weird. Uh, I think it's a me thing. It, it definitely is a you thing because I don't thing. get this. Don't get so, this at all. You know how a lot of people hate the word moist? Yeah. Yeah. Does not bother me in the slightest. I'm not one of those people either. Moist is fine. But the word lunch, I fucking cannot stand. Why? I have no issue with what lunch represents, but it's just... When people hear the word moist, they're like, ew, that's that's a disgusting sound. Like, Getting visions of lunch doesn't bother doesn't bother me because I love food, right? Well, clearly that would be fucking it's, it's weird. How chewy the fucking word sounds! Like it just sounds disgusting. Lunch. Yeah, I don't, it's I don't gross. Know. I don't know if I quite understand that one as much. It's just it like it hurts. It like physically makes me cringe when I hear it too much. Like I talk about it every single day because my boss and I will discuss like when everyone's going to go to lunch for their breaks. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you just sit and think about the word lunch, it's just gross. Yeah, I don't get it. I hate it. I cannot I don't quite stand understand. that so word. So then are, are, do you just do dinner and then supper? No, I still I still go to lunch. And I just... I guess I, I should clarify this. There's different vernacular based off of your, like, city or country. Okay. The country version for what my grandparents have always said is there's breakfast, then there's dinner, and then there's supper. So oh, no, I've always if, been a bref- breakfast, lunch, and dinner person. That's what I'm saying. If you hate the word lunch so much, just switch over to that. But supper and dinner to me are synonyms. To me, they are also so synonyms. So I cannot use supper in a context for it to mean lunch and somebody look at me and be like... Well, not lunch. You'd say dinner for lunch. And then supper is dinner. But dinner is a nighttime thing. Supper is a nighttime thing if you're out in the supper country. Supper is a nighttime thing. Supper, supper and dinner are synonymous, and they are yeah. nighttime things. I could not use either one of them in the context of midday di- midday snacks. Snacks. Meals. Whatever. I, I You probably could. I, I can't. If you hate the word that much, you would. True. So I, I, so. I tolerate the word. I just hate it. Yeah, that's people what I'm people so who like, hate the word moist still use it in a context. They I just try if, to avoid it. I think if people hate the word moist, they do everything they can to avoid using True, it. True, but same I also understand like, that lunch is lunch. So there's no there's no synonym to lunch. Dinner th- and supper are a synonym. Same thing for uh, oysters, for people who, who hate the Who the fuck hates the word oyster? There, I, I have met people who hate the word moist and oyster because they have the oog in it. And, they, <laughs> and they're just like, it's disgusting. <laughs> It's disgusting to hear it. <laughs> so if you hate lunch that much. I just, I tolerate it. I, I'm a grown up and I can cha- hate, and I can deal with my own hateful Change feelings. it from <laughs> a lunch to dinner. So you have breakfast, dinner, supper. How would I just do, you know, midtime meal? <laughs> <laughs> That's too many words. <laughs> when you have one word that could do the entire thing. I'm, all right. Let's, let's, figure out, let's figure out afternoon meals, guys. Exactly. We, more words for it besides apparently I'll, I'll lunch or I'll, dinner. I just hate the word. I cannot stand it. All right. I understand that it's a word and it, and it is used in a proper context, and I understand what it means. And I'll suffer through it. I just hate it. 
Right. When I think about it, it makes me cringe. It is a weird one. That's a weird one to make you cringe. <laughs> All right. Going to this day in history for de- December 1st, starting at the most recent and going back the furthest in time. In 1975, U.S. President Gerald Ford visits the People's Republic of China, becoming the second president to visit China um, after they had closed off their country. In 1955, Rosa Parks is arrested for refusing to move in the back of a bus to give a seat to a white passenger in Montgomery, Alabama, which would then start the Montgomery bus boycott. In 1941, Japanese Emperor Hirohito signs the Declaration of War. Uh, This would be six days before Pearl Harbor. Uh, This specific piece of information that I got does not tell me if it was specific to declaring war on the U.S., my assumption is if it's six days before Pearl Harbor, it probably was. Uh, 1913, Ford Motor Company institutes world's first moving assembly line for the Model T Ford. And then in 1887, Sherlock Holmes appears in print for the first time in Study in Scarlet by Arthur Conan Doyle. Famous birthdays today, we have Zoe Kravitz, the actress and daughter of Lanny Kravitz. Uh, Robert Irwin, who is the son of Steve Irwin, the wildlife conservationist. Janelle Monet, the actress and singer. Sarah Silverman, the comedian. And then Vance Joy, the singer and songwriter. So those are the famous birthdays for today. Uh, any closing remarks? All good, brother. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's episode. Please spread the word. Encourage others to listen as well. You can follow us on Twitter at DetentionPod1, or you can send us an email at DetentionPodcast1 at gmail.com. You can listen to the Detention Podcast on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And with that, your detention has been served. We will see you again next week.